What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome back to the Whole Lot of Bull Podcast. I'm Troy. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy. And more importantly, you can follow the show at Whole Lot of Bull. Um, and please do that. I'm trying to make a, a, as some of you would have seen, I'm trying to make a much bigger effort uh, to use that account, uh, especially when it comes to our beloved Chicago Bulls. Uh, so it's been a few weeks since the last episode uh, when just before we went away from my partner's uh, birthday. So shout out to my beautiful partner, Kate. Uh, love you lots. Um, so not really going to go much into what's been going on with as far as the games. You know, enough, enough people have covered the games. You know, you know uh, Hayes at Chicago Bulls Central, the guys at CHGO. Um, you, you all know who you are. Like, balls on tap. Like, everyone, shout out to you all. Uh, so I won't go into that, into that, but we're also in a brand new year, so happy new year to everyone, um, as I've written on Twitter before, as I wrote, as we struck uh, midnight for 2024, it is the year of the Black Mama, so shout out and um, rest in peace to Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, so what I wanted to do more with this episode, guys, was make it a more of a mailbag episode which is something new for me but unfortunately I only had one person send in a question where he sent in a couple of questions so shout out to Matt at CRED UK so to Matt to answer your first question have I organized my passport for traveling Um, yeah if you don't know what that was in reference to I posted a Facebook link to a to a video of me competing in a Adelaide 36ers halftime um, entertainment uh, competition. It was called the um, the Dad Bods. Uh, it basically involved five gentlemen, including myself, who apparently we had Dad Bods. Uh, starting at one baseline, we had to run to half court put on a pair of what we call over here in Australia budgie smugglers um, run to the other other baseline put on a pair of ill-fitting thongs uh, something again that we call in Australia I don't know what you guys call them over there we call them flip-flops or something like that um, and then pick up a basketball dribble down to the opposite three-point line and first to make the three-point shot uh, obviously wins. Um, so as you see in the video, uh, my balding, thinning out hairline. It was um, this me being this fat old balding guy. Okay, I'm only only 37, so I'm not that old. Um, but you know, slow to get down the other end of the court, get the budget smugglers on, get down to the other baseline, um, pick up the ball, try to put the thongs on. With, this, with my socks still on, clearly see that wasn't going to happen. So quickly flip the socks off and try to get these thongs on. Now the problem with these thongs is that they were deliberately done so they were ill-fitting. They were going just like, okay, what size are you so we can um, match them up with your size? They were deliberate, deliberately the wrong fitting thongs to make it diff- more difficult for us to get down the other end. And unfortunately for me, these thongs were very narrow and I have what I like to call Shrek feet, because I have wide feet. 
So it sucks to be me with um, buying shoes. But anyway, you see in the video, I, I try to get my way down the other end of the court with the thongs on, and in the last, basically just as I cross half court, I'm like, fuck it. I pick up the thongs and just walk about four or five steps to the three-point line and put the, th get, put the thongs back on the court, step on them, take the shot first, and swish it on the first attempt, and hey, Matt, I know you called me for traveling, which yes, technically you're correct. But did you see that jump shot? Did you see that beautiful jump shot? That is textbook. Nothing but net. The, re the, the shot mechanics, the release, the follow through. Mwah. Beautiful. If I do say so myself. And honestly, it's one of the first times I've actually seen my jump shot on, um, on video. So it actually looks a lot better than what I think it it feels like at times so mass so yeah i'm gonna claim victory on that one and won a hundred dollar gift card to a local sports store so i picked myself up a new pair of slides with that so cheering so yes matt to answer the question on that one i did pick up uh i do have my passport now so i can travel as much as i damn well friggin like <laughs> i love it uh, so shout out to you for that one mate and then let me just quickly pull it up because this is great podcasting i was not pre-prepared so his actual his main question was how are you feeling about the impending return of zach so as we all know now that um zach levine is on the cusp of returning to the chicago bulls on the playing field wearing a chicago bulls uniform um I can't lie, I'm caught caught in, the, in um, two different feel, feelings, two lots of emotion here. Um, as most people know that have been following me for a while now, Zach has been my favourite player since he's been the Chicago Bull. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed his time in the Bulls. Um, so on that side of things, I can't wait for Zach to get back on the court. And I truly do hope we get our old Zach Levine back um, but the Zach Levine we've had this year who's appeared uninterested um, yeah I'm, I don't have too many nice things to say about Zach Levine's performance this year but been, the guy who's, who's obviously requested that trade out of Chicago if that's the Zach that is coming back then um, I will take a massive pass on that. Um, one thing I did put, I did put on Twitter today. Um, with the Chicago Bulls put out the roster update, so we have recalled Zach Levine from the Windy City Bulls for from practice purposes. I quote tweeted that on the whole lot of Bull account, saying Zachary is backery, but will he bring his true attackery, or will he continue to be selfish ass crackery, and we need to give him a smackery. Well, I really hope the true Zachary Attackery is Bakery because last thing I want is to have him put up with his selfish ass crackery and need to give him a big ass smackery. Man, I, I, I love Zach. I loved, but the guy that we've had this year, no. Um, if that's the Zach we're getting back, possibly against the Charlotte Hornets, yeah, I'll pass on that. 
Um, but hey, if our old Zach Levine that we saw at the end of last season, uh, the one that we saw pre the initial injury in 2020, was it January 2022, when like, the same game that Lonzo went down with his, his injury, which I'll get into him a little bit uh, shortly after this. Um, if that's the Zach we're going to get back, then absolutely bring it on. And the, th- the thing with Zach is that he's, his skill set should, p- should fit into what Billy Donovan has been trying to do with it, or not trying to do, what Billy, what Billy Donovan's system has been doing ever since Zach's been out. I mean, you would have thought it, you honestly would have thought it would have been DeMar who doesn't fit this system, but we've got back. Well, we haven't got back because we never had him to start with, but we've we've got the the San Antonio version of Demar, who yeah, who's still out go getting his his shots and still the mid, master of the mid range and all that. But he's facilitating. He's seen. He's finding the open guy. He's making the right decisions, making the right reads. He's actually pushing the tempo, like we saw in that next game last night. It was actually one one possession where I'm like, shit, like Demar's actually bolting up the court where normally Demar's like. The jog up the court, walk it up the court, but no, Demar was bolting up the court. So, like, Demar's totally bought into this new up-tempo pace, which is something Zach should easily fit into. But the question is, will he want to do that, or is he just going to try and come back and just try and get his numbers? And like the other day, we were talk, we talk about Zach's trade value, and there's no, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski says there's no market out there for him at the moment. Well, the only way he's going to get his trade value back up if he still wants to, still wants out of Chicago, which we all assume is still the case. He needs to play well. He needs to show that he can fit into the into the system that the Bulls are running or that a coach wants to run, but also that it leads to winning. Because ultimately, if he comes back and he does fit into the system, like he does play into the the system that Billy Donovan was running at the moment, but we start losing constantly. That's going to hurt his trade value. If Zach comes back and just wants to get his numbers, going to, and the leads to losing, going to hurt his trade value. The only way that Zach's are going to get his trade value up is he comes back, plays well, plays within the system, and the Bulls are winning. The show like, hey, yeah, Zach can contribute to winning, and I, I truly believe that he can if he is mentally engaged. But if he's not, it's it's just not going to happen. Um, so that's where I stand with Zach at the moment. Hey, if we get our old Zach, Zach Levine back, then bring it on. That's the guy I want back. But if we get back this uninterested dude, then nah, to hell with that. And get get this trade done and dusted. Get him out of here. Um, so over the over the break, we got news about Lonzo Ball. He is uh, finally pain free after all these surgeries. Oh, these well, and these the the need. The, was it the knee cartilage tr- transplant? He's finally pain free, which you know, obviously at the moment he's living everyday life um, pain free, which is what we wanted for, for him to start with. You know, his quality of life, he can run around with his kids. And then if it does eventually lead lead to him coming back to the Chicago Bulls in a playing. Uh, Getting back on the uniform, getting back on the court, then that is a massive bonus for Lonzo. It will be absolutely over the moon for him. Um, but Billy Donovan said that 
obviously this was at the end of December, Billy said that Lonzo was going to start running soon. Um, so, which, and he said that he would start running in January, such that we're now, you know, as a recording, it's 12.30pm on the 5th of January for me. Uh, so Lonzo should, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll see him start running again soon. Uh, so let's, but obviously, Lonzo's not coming back this year. It's not happening at earliest. At the, at the absolute best, it'll be at the start of next season. But probably heading more towards December, January, like next year. And as um, Hazer at Chicago Bulls Central has said, we'll likely only see him play probably every second game. Uh, he's not going to play back-to-back, so you might see him play like 40-odd games. Not going to be back-to-backs. He's going to be a limited minutes. He'll come off the bench. As long as Lonzo come, If Lonzo is back playing, it's a bonus. As long as he's not hurting the team as well. And more, and honestly, more to be honest, more hurting himself. Because we just don't want to see... We just don't want to see Lonzo get hurt again. I mean, the, this guy's been through way too much shit. Way too many injuries that a guy of his age should, should go through. So let's just hope that Lonzo does come back. If he does come back to the court, which obviously is the plan, no more injuries, and hopefully this um, surgery has worked and he can play play a role, but he's probably never going to be the same Lonzo we saw in those 35 games that we had him um, in the 21-22 season. Uh, so some just a couple of general thoughts, which I'll just rattle off the top of my head. Um... I mean, obviously, the 17 games that we've been without Zach Levine, uh, we've gone 10 and 7 in, the, in those games. We've had some great wins. We've had some, we've had some losses in there, like that Cleveland one sticks out to me, which um, had some feedback from Mozzie Joe about that one, saying, uh, "Calm down, it's just one loss." Well, as I as I said in that one, like, I don't I don't give a damn if it's on the second night of a back to back and. They were like that. That Cleveland game. They were without Darius Garland, without Donovan Mitchell, without Evan Mobley, without Karis Levert. I don't care if they're on the second night of a back-to-back and they've played four games in six days. When the opposing team is missing that caliber of player or players, like that's a game you should have wrapped up at halftime. I don't care how tired you are. Like you are ten times better than that roster that they put up. I'm, I'm, so to me my, my problem with that game was the lack of effort completely lack of effort go like go out there bust your ass for the first half get them get them up by 30 and then hopefully you come halfway through the third quarter you're, you're pulling on your main guys go sit down and then you give minutes to Julian Phillips Adams like Damas Onogo Dale and Terry all those guys but that that loss to me was unforgivable. I don't I don't give a damn what the circumstances were. And sorry, Mark, but if you feel differently, then that's cool. But it it is what it is on my end, mate. Um, but yeah, ten to seven over that time without Zach Levine. It's yeah, considering the start that we had at five and fourteen with with Zach uh, prior to his injury. I mean to go. Go ten and seven was is pretty impressive, and honestly, and this once again, again for you, Mark. 
I can't I can't really question Billy Donovan's coaching. Like, yeah, sure, there might be times here and there where I'm like, what, like, why are we playing small ball? Like, I, I personally don't like it. And you got, you know, while Vucevic is out, you've got Adama Sonogo, you've called up from the G League. At, you know, he's 6'9", you're playing Terry Taylor at who's 6'5", at, as your backup centre. And don't get me wrong, this is not a criticism at Terry Taylor at all. He has done an exceptional job. But Terry Taylor has done an absolutely exceptional job as playing the backup five to Andre Drummond with Vucevic out. I'm not going to take anything away from Terry Taylor. He's been magnificent in his role. Well done. Standing ovation and tip the hat to Terry Taylor. He's been brilliant. But this is probably, and this is where, this is not Billy Donovan's fault either because this is a roster construction problem that you need to have like as I was saying in before the season started, we were still in free agency, and even leading up to the start of the season, you need a third. <clears throat> excuse me, you need a third string, legitimate centre, and you know we see Vucevic has got one skill set. Andre Drummond's got the big burly, strongman skill set. So your third string centre, who you you get on a vet minimum, needs to be like your. The, the fast, athletic, like rim rim running, shot blocking type um, backup center as as vet minimum, and this is where I want a Moses Brown. I mean, like Moses Brown, you can get. I think he's in Portland now. So uh, shout out to my mate Patty, who he's they've got him in Portland now. So and I know he's enjoying this rebuild for the Blazers. But he's a guy I would have gone after. He was available, obviously, until Portland picked him up. I mean. To me, you like you need to have three centers, like three legitimate centers. Small ball can work in small patches. I'm I'm not saying never ever ever play small ball. It has its place in the game. And again, Terry Taylor has done a magnificent job of it. Derek Jones Jr. did a great job of it last like the last couple of years while he was with us. But you need that third legitimate center. As that injury insurance, if like we've seen now, Nikola Vucevic has gone down with that that groin injury from the hit from Max Struess, um, and and I said that you know what if what if Vucevic or Andre Drummond goes down for any length of time? I mean, you can get away with it for a game here or there, that's fine. But what if they're down for a length of time? Well, you know, here we are with Vucevic; he's out for seven to ten days. I mean, he could be back as early as the next game against the Charlotte Hornets. Who knows, he may be, may be out for a little bit longer. We'll, we'll soon find out. But, yeah, that's where it's a roster construction problem for me. You, you need a third legitimate backup centre. Because like, small ball, yep, has its place, but in small in small doses. Like, a game here or there, if Virtual Drummer has to miss, miss one game or two games for a minor niggle, or a few minutes here and there on, on the court to... For matchup purposes and all that, but I'm just not a I'm not a fan of small ball. I don't like it. I'm a traditional person. I like having a legitimate center on the court at all times. So when Vujovic is back from his injury, I need to see Andre Drummond playing 18 minutes per game. 
Like Vucevic 30, Drummond gets eight, gets the other 18. Now, and that's for, for the generalization of it. Obviously, you're probably going to have times here or there where, you know, Terry Taylor will come in, match up with small ball. He's very, like, he does a great job out in the perimeter switching and all that. That's fine. I can handle that from time to time. But as a general rule, Vucevic 30 minutes, Andre Drummond 18. That's how, the, to me, for our, for our roster as it stands at the moment, that's how we need to roll. Now, as far as Andre Drummond goes, I have been a massive supporter of Andre Drummond, even going into that first game against the Atlanta Hawks when he first started, when Vucevic went down. I said, as long as he can play, as long as he plays 35 minutes, there's no reason I, I could see him getting 25 rebounds, and he got exactly that. He got 25 boards in like 38 minutes and 24 points. And yet, Drummond has done a fantastic job while Vucevic has been down. I've been a massive supporter of Andrew Drummond. I've shouted him out so many times on on Twitter and all that. There was that one where he even tweeted me back saying, like in the preseason, where I called him, basically called him out for trying to do all that finesse shit around the basket. I said, no, turn into fucking Shaquille O'Neal and dunk that bitch. Well, and then he, you know, got back to me and go, yep, you know, preseason rust will be fine. So shout out to Andre Drummond for the for hitting me back. But to those who say start Andre Drummond, stop it. Just fucking stop it. Like Vucevic, while Vucevic is on this roster, Andre Drummond is not and will never be a starter. He may not ever be a start a full-time starter in the NBA ever again. He's a perfectly fine backup center but his days of being a full-time starter in the NBA I'm sorry as much as I love the guy and I'm a massive fan of him those days are done all right now I'll quickly get into a little bit of uh, potential trade talk about Zach Levine um, what do I want to see from from a potential Zach Levine trade assuming it, it does still go down this season um, I know I've been a massive person on Twitter uh, going up the whole let's get let's potentially look at a deal with the Sacramento Kings for with a in terms of just looking at the players involved in the trade trade because obviously you know draft picks can be discussed you know whether it's a, a first or a, a couple of firsts and one of them's heavily protected blah 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 but looking at it from purely the player's standpoint on what plays we get in return, I I try to the way I've tried to look at a trade for, with Zach Levine is in the players we get back, who will best fit, what what type of players can best fit, what Billy Donovan wants to run because believe it or not, I as much as I've been a critic of Billy Donovan. I want to be an avid supporter of Billy Donovan. I want to be a Billy Donovan stand go, yeah, this guy's a really good coach. I do want to. I truly do. But he just has these times where he drives me fucking nuts. I'm sorry. It's just, it, is, it is what it is. So the, that's where I've been a, a big component about Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, um, and like whatever other filling fillers you need in a, in a deal with the Kings for, for Zach. I'm pretty actually sure that 
based on what I've done on Spo Track so far, a deal straight up for Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes actually works because I believe Sacramento has enough space somewhere in the salary cap rules where they can actually absorb that extra $8 million of Zach. Because I, th- I think it works out, and I'm, I can't do this. Like I'll, I would pull it up on me, but I'll, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head, from the memory, the contracts combined of Herder and Harrison Barnes combined to about, to about $32 million. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I'm still, I'm still recovering from that from a chest infection I had over the last couple of weeks so pardon me on that um, so yeah I think the, the two contracts combined to about $32 million and whereas obviously Zach's making 40 now obviously and the trade every time I do that on, on Spotrack it was a successful trade so obviously there is something in there where the salary doesn't need doesn't need to match up perfectly to Zach's $40 million Obviously, Sacramento has some some wiggle room in there, which is it helps us. And um, I'm like my part with Kevin Herter and Harrison Mines, like Kevin Herter is a movement shooter, so he's like you're gonna be that catch and shoot guy. He doesn't need the ball. Uh, Harrison Barnes, he can do the same thing. Plus, he's you know a solid defender, solid rebounder, another veteran presence. Which hey, right now with Tory Craig being out of the lineup with the, the plantar fasciitis, um, which I'll give my personal take on that in a sec. Um, I think that would um, suit us pretty well at the moment. Um, so just on quickly on the, the plantar fasciitis for Tory Craig now. I have my own personal history with plantar fasciitis. So I think I can give some... I, I can give some educated opinions on what it is. But obviously everyone's causes and stuff for plantar fasciitis is... Um, is totally different. Hey, excuse me, I'm just having some water to try and clear my throat out a little bit. I'm still struggling with my voice here. Um, so, my personal experience with plantar fasciitis, um, I, you know, if anyone knows what plantar fasciitis is, like you, especially first thing in the morning when you get up out of bed, you feel like you're walking on knives or stones. I mean, depending on the sever- severity of the plan of fasciitis, it, it's, put, to put it simply, it's fucking painful. It bloody hurts. Every single step you take hurts like hell. Especially right down in, the, and it's also right down on the inside of the ball, um, inside of your heel. So the plan of fascia is, um, <clears throat> it's, it's a soft tissue that goes from, the inside of your heel and spreads out to your, out to your toes, and right by right on the inside of the inside of your heel when you obviously first strike down your foot, that's where that's where the plantar fasciitis pain is. Now, for me, I when I first started suffering from plantar fasciitis, um, I went and got some dry needling done or acupuncture, depends on what you what you do. I think there's, there's, I think they're both two actually. Well, the same, the same but different. So, but hey, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to try and uh, tell you what's different about them. But dry needle. So I had dry needling done into the plantar fascia to try and help release it, and then because it basically it it tightens up. 
Uh, it's basically a little bit like getting a muscle knot in your, like, well, not in your muscles somewhere. But then also, what my physio believed was I had, I was suffering from calf tightness. And, yep, my calves were absolutely tight. Um, <clears throat> so, to do that and, you know, it, within a matter of an hour of having the dry needling done... I could feel the plantar fascia starting to release and it wasn't hurting. But obviously I had a couple of sessions to like really make sure that they're done. He'd done the work on it. And for a while there, for an, you know, for a period of time there, it felt great. I had no problems with it. Then probably about after a year, it started to slowly creep back in. So plantar fascia, plantar fasciitis is something that is not something that it heals and then that's it, you're done. Because from the... the the research that I, I've done on it personally when I was suffering it myself is that you've got, you've got plantar fasciitis for life. It's how you manage it. Uh, so what I also end up having to do is later, a few years later, so this is a few years after the dry kneeling, which if I was to say now, it's probably about, I actually did this about a year, a year and a half ago now, I went and saw a podiatrist. And also turns out that what was also causing, like, he said, yes, calf tightness was a, a factor, but from what he could tell from his, from, of watching me walk and all that, is that what was also causing my plantar fasciitis was that I have high, high arches in my, in my feet and that my ankles would roll in as I walk. So stretching the plantar fascia out even more, causing the pain. So I have now had, so he did scans of my feet to shape it. I have now have custom orthotics in my, sh <clears throat> excuse me again. So now I have custom orthotics. I wear them every single day in whatever shoe, shoes I'm wearing. Um, so, these, like, so these orthotics are designed to fit the shape of my feet specifically. There's not just ones you can just pick off the, um, pick off the shelf. Uh, so these are, yeah, as I said, ma uh, custom made to fit exactly how my feet shape are. Been wearing them in my shoes every day since. And thankfully, no more plantar fasciitis. It is under control. No more pain. So I think, obviously, Tori Craig and the NBA guys, the med his medical staff, they'll do a fine job of looking after him. I just don't believe that 8 to 10 weeks, I think it'll be a lot sooner if they manage to do it properly. He... Honestly, I think, I don't see why he's probably, depending on what's causing his plantar fasciitis, it might actually just be some heel bruising or some, or the bruising of the plantar fascia which they just need to settle down. I don't, I don't think eight to 10 weeks is actually real. I think he could be back sooner than that. But that's just my personal opinion based on my personal experience with plantar fasciitis. Um, so yeah, guys, I might actually call it there. I'm am still technically at work at the moment, so I'm just taking a quick break to record this episode. Um, and the reason I wanted to record it now is because I will be off. Won't, I won't be recording a pod for at least a few more weeks. Um, we're heading away into state uh, for a couple of basketball tournaments for each of my boys. Uh, we're heading off to Sydney uh, on Tuesday morning, which is also Riley's 15th birthday. So shout out to Riley to my son Riley uh, for turning 15 and then uh, our, my other son Josh who 
if you saw on my Twitter, we actually celebrated his 13th birthday yesterday. So happy birth, happy welcome to teenagehood to, to Josh, which he's been a teenager now for a couple of years anyway with his, the way he acts. Um, but now he's now officially a teenager. So, uh, but no, looking forward to going to uh, over to New South Wales next week with Riley and then over to into Melbourne um, the week after with Josh, both of them representing South Australia. So very proud of him. I uh, can't wait to see him get on the court again after a little bit of a break and represent this state, this beautiful state of South Australia. And we'll go, um, let's go kick some Vicks and um, beat New South Wales, Queensland, WA. We're coming for you. My boys are coming. So if you, any listeners from the other, from outside of South Australia, my boys are coming. All right, we're coming for you. All right, guys. Um, so. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, thank you for listening, t- for enjoying my pod over the first six months uh, since I started in June. Um, basically, when I went over to Melbourne and, and saw Luke Longley. Uh, so, shout out to everyone who's been listening in. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you continue to listen in uh, as it goes forward. Um, so, that'll wrap it up for this edition of Whole Lot of Ball. Uh, follow the show at Whole Lot of Ball on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Bulls underscore Troy. Uh, so that'll do it for a few weeks, guys. Um, obviously, I'll still be on Twitter and all that and watching the watching the games. But yeah, I just won't be re- recording any anything for a while until at least back from Melbourne in a few weeks' time. Uh, so, yep, that'll do it, guys. Take care. See you, Red. Go Bulls. <laughs>